0: July weekend, what are your plans? Are you traveling or are you staying home? Price of gas, I know what I'm doing. I'm staying home. And we live in Phoenix, so to be outside in this heat takes a great deal of courage. But when I think back about my Fourth of July weekends growing up, I think about barbecues, I think about homemade ice cream, and I think about family. Janelle. Yeah. Hi! You look patriotic this morning. Don't I?
1: I'm yeah, just the, a whole the oh, blue wait.
0: and white. Check it out! Oh, come on! Oh. My little statue,
1: Liberty pen.
0: Don't ever call call uh, <laughs> Don't ever call Janelle nerdy.
1: <laughs> a month ago, I was looking at the real thing.
0: Yeah, you were the so Statue of Liberty. So it's still in my,
1: my, my What would you say? You were? I don't know.
0: <laughs> <In> my spirit. <laughs> So how, how did you spend Fourth of July weekends? Where were some of the family customs or rituals that you had?
1: Well, I distinctly remember our neighborhood would have a parade, oh. like a family parade. Okay. So we would deck out our bikes with crepe paper and do dads, and then we would do our little parade around the, just around a couple blocks. And then we had barbecues and ice cream. Do you and, do fireworks? Oh, of course. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Lots of sparklers. Yay.
0: <laughs> well, a few decades ago, there was a minister by the name of Otis Young who preached a sermon on Fourth of July weekend. Title of that sermon was On Being a Patriotic Christian. Today, there's a lot of concerns around that title a patriotic Christian. Because on that spectrum, there can be such a wide variety of patriotic stances that individuals take. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to real quickly summarize in a monologue form Otis Young's sermon on being a patriotic Christian. And then we will move into a dialogue. And if you would like to be a part of that dialogue, there's ways that you can do it either live or at a later time. And Janelle, please tell us about that real quick.
1: Oh, sure. If you want to get in contact with us live, the best way would be to text us, I think. Um, That number to text is 480-389-4974. And if you want to use, uh, we're also live on our YouTube channel, YouTube chat. You can chime in there or Facebook. Or you can just go to the website. And then if you want to comment later, please send us an email at media at beatitudeschurch.org. That's M E D I A.
0: All right. We'll be right back. being a patriotic Christian. When Otis Young wrote this sermon, he stated that the goal of it was to examine two areas in particular, liberty and patriotism. And then he brought the two together and asked the question, how are liberty and patriotism connected to our Christian faith? So let's begin with liberty. Liberty is known and defined as freedom or independence. So ideally, there are two types of freedom. There are freedom to positives. There's freedom to pursue education. There's freedom to choose the job that you desire. Freedom to associate with the people that you choose to associate with. Freedom to raise your children in the way that you believe is best. But then freedom is also in the sense of freedom from. And that is one of the things that we also emphasize in this country is freedom from oppressive restrictions. Restrictions that limit us when it comes to our own body, our behavior, or our religious and political views. But freedom does not necessarily mean a free-for-all. Think back about when you were a child, or perhaps you are a child. It's recess time. Many of the schools have what is called a school aid to monitor the children playing. Children usually can play and get along quite well. However, sometimes conflict does arise. Disagreements occur. And when that happens, that's when you need an individual to step in and maintain order. So freedom doesn't mean necessarily that you can do whatever you want, whenever you want. As adults, we also realize that there is a necessity for some kind of civil authority. Anytime you get a large group of people together, you need a way of maintaining order. Therefore... Government. And government comes in a wide variety of forms, but government is needed because humans usually cannot remain civil for a long period of time if they have some kind of anarchy or disorder that is prevalent. So that's why governments have legislators to establish laws. That's why countries have civil servants to enforce those laws. And that's why nations have courts in order to settle disputes in an orderly fashion. Reinhold Niebuhr once said, our human capacity for justice makes democracy possible. Our human capacity of injustice makes makes democracy necessary. Jesus himself seems to agree with this. This idea seems to resonate with Jesus, that there is some need for a civil government to maintain order as well as provide for the needs of those in the community. That's why Jesus said, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Jesus states that support of government through taxes and in other ways, that is a basic religious and civic responsibility. So if that's liberty, let's shift over and look at what it means to be a patriot or to be patriotic. A patriot is usually an individual having or expressing devotion to and vigorous support for one's country. But when it comes to patriotism, the question that comes to mind for me is how devote. When you express devotion for your country, for your nation, how devoted should one be? Now, when patriotism runs amok or when it becomes extremist, It's usually when one's devotion to country restrains the liberties of others. When one enforces limitations, that strips others of their lawful liberties or creates laws that do the same. So in a general sense, that's what happens when patriotism runs amok. But how about for a Christian patriot? What Does extremism look in that case? Well, the majority of Christians try to avoid extremism and strike a balance between citizens of being a citizen of one country and at the same time belonging to another citizenship, having citizenship in another area, and that is called the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus refers to. And because of this holding dual citizenship between one's country and the kingdom of God, the Christian then is put in a position where they do not allow their patriotism toward their country or even a political party supersede their loyalty to God. It's about not allowing the state or a nation to become absolute, to become your God. Therefore, because of that, Christian patriotism is critical patriotism. Christian patriotism is critical patriotism. You see, if you are a patriot, it does not mean that you have to espouse the idea that is found on a bumper sticker from a while ago where it said, "'America, love it or leave it.'" You see, that sticker implies that any criticism of our country is a sign of disloyalty. A Christian patriot, however, rejects this view. Why? Because that which one stands up for, one seeks to improve. One post-Civil War senator said, Our country, right or wrong, when right, to be kept right. When wrong, to be put right. One individual who is a journalist that studied in the area of political studies said, we study, in political studies, we study not only national ideas, but also national shortcomings. Policy successes and failures, victories, and losses. We study it all, the good, the bad, and yes, even the ugly. Another concern that Christian patriots have is that there are times when politicians and political parties invoke the name of God as an attempt to use God for one's own purposes. You see, as Christians, we must insist a nation or state must remain neutral towards all religions. Ultimately, Otis Young says that a mature, notice the word, mature Christian patriot, that's our goal, to become a mature. Christian patriot, and that a mature love of country sees beyond a country's self-interest. Otis Young wrote this sermon quite a few decades ago. We're living in a unique time right now. So I would imagine that if Otis Young was still alive and was to rewrite this sermon That it might look a little bit different. So, in our dialogue, we're going to talk about that shift. What might such a sermon, what might such an idea as being a patriotic Christian mean and look like today in 2022? We'll be right back.
1: back. Interesting. So.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, that word is so loaded. I know. Interesting.
1: Huh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I kind of went with, um, my first question was, when did the notion of separation of church and state get muddy? And I looked into that and I sort of felt like it's been that way from the start. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think a
0: a big part of that is to understand where the first Europeans came mm -hmm. from. They were, that's why a lot of them came over here, was to find some kind of religious freedom.
1: Correct. And I just read a recent Reuters article. President Thomas Jefferson famously said in an 1802 letter that the Establishment Clause should represent a wall of separation between church and state. The provision prevents the government from establishing a state religion and prohi- prohibits it from favoring one faith over another. Yet, I imagine In God We Trust was on the dollar bill back then, right? I, don't mm-hmm. I have no idea when that started. I mean, it's in the Constitution,
0: well, I think that's why, for example, there's there's a lot of controversy around what that what the original intent mm-hmm. of our founding fathers were. I mean, right. For example, right now in Florida, there's a training program, and they teach there. It's for teachers. Mm-hmm. They teach them that it is a misconception that founders wanted separation of church and state axios came up out with that article oh. fascinating article originally it was the washington post yeah but the idea being again that it, this s- solid wall between church and state yeah they're saying is Impossible. not well maybe it wasn't the ideal the ideal maybe was to give people the freedom to express that however as a country they many individuals especially christians believe that we are a christian country and founded to be a mm-hmm. christian country
1: so that would be a state religion wouldn't it
0: oh uh, no not necessarily uh, yeah, i guess i mean
1: well thomas uh, jefferson didn't want us to establish a state religion Or favor one over another.
0: So we screwed up
1: from the start.
0: Well again, that's (laughs) that's where I'm I'm I mean, we know from the very beginning that there were I think it was in Pennsylvania where there Mm. were restrictions placed upon Christians on what it what they could and could not do. Right. And based upon their Christian beliefs and their Christian understanding so it's it's beyond my knowledge my uh-huh. exposure to this to really talk about this idea of the separation of church and state and what that literally means I know what it what I was taught it meant right but I never took the time to dive deeply into that
1: and now it seems like it's biting us in the you know what? Um, well, with all the recent Supreme uh, Court rulings.
0: Well, it, it, again, isn't that a matter of perspective? Some people would say that it's biting us. Other mm-hmm. people may say that it's kissing us.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I don't know. I. What well, then should it be our attitude as Christians towards the government?
0: Well, again, what I do you think? think? I. I think it depends upon your understanding of Christianity and your goals for Christianity. Yeah. I mean, if your goal is to convert everyone to Christianity, Mm -hmm. that's going to impact how you perceive the role of the country. And if you believe that God will bless a country, if they are obedient and follow his will.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's where I give a little pushback to this Otis guy.
0: Okay. What's his first name? Otis Young.
1: Oh, that is. Yeah. I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> Every time I get in the elevator, I think about him. Because I worked. That's I,
1: weird. I Why? worked with
0: well, I worked with him. Oh. And I'm sorry. And there's uh things called, I mean, one of the largest distributors oh, of elevators is Otis. Otis. Yeah.
1: I think of Otis Redding.
0: Yeah, I think of Otis on Young. On the
1: dock of the bay or whatever it is. Okay, anyway, that was a tangent. I feel like
2: what the was definition
1: it? of Christianity,
2: mm-hmm.
1: what if his definition of patriotic Christianity, he says that only God is sacred and to be worshipped, yes? Okay, yes. So what about the Christian atheist? They're Christian.
0: Yeah. Because and, and, they
1: follow the ways of Jesus.
0: Right. And but they are they do but not believe god in a, of any god. Of god and right. so they yes. believe in or the other term that can be used is Christian humanist. If someone is more on a humanist bent, right. then they can still be a Christian. Because they claim to be following the the teachings of Jesus.
1: Yeah. So he's re- that's rejecting what Otis is talking about, isn't it? The theistic claims of Christianity.
0: Well, again, you, you just added a word, theistic. Right. So you assume that what Otis is talking about is a theistic God. hmm I don't know if that would be true.
1: Well, he's talking about the will of God. God has to be worshipped. I mean, he's using the word God.
0: Right. And again, I think this so is the, th- this is the tension that many Christians who are looking in ministers who are looking for an alternative form of expressing what it what God is
2: mm-hmm. is
0: how do you do that in a setting where there are a wide variety
1: pluralistic Christianity
0: exactly. And so it's it's finding that balance. And one philosopher I read said that a, a wise theologian not only knows what to say, but what not to say.
1: Gosh, living on the edge.
0: Well, and I think that's the challenge is because if, if as a minister you, you say something, it could literally close down people's mind and they don't want to hear anymore. So how do you find that balance between provoking, encouraging them to think about things, but yet not scaring them away? And Mm -hmm. it's a hard hard balance to find.
1: Agreed. And then you throw in nationalism, and then that just mucks it up even more. Well,
0: yes. And as soon as you say that, especially to me, Christian nationalism is -hmm. where it gets scary. Because what it does is it takes the idea of God, and God then is f- showing favoritism toward a particular country. And in some in some ways, this makes sense. Because if you read the Bible literally, mm-hmm. then you have, in the Old Testament, God selecting a nation yeah. randomly. Not even... They just, God chooses. It starts with an individual, the story says, by the name of Abraham becomes eventually Abraham. Right. And that becomes a nation. It's how the nation of Israel explained their origins, how they came to be so special in the eyes of God. So I think because that exists in the Old Testament Mm -hmm. and then in the New Testament, the followers of Jesus there were some who really spoke strongly, and that's why there seems to be, and again, this can vary by scholars but there seems to be a anti-Judaism um, element in the New Testament because now the, the Jews, the nation of Israel, is no longer God's special people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The special people are now the christians and because many of our Christ- founding fathers were christian then the idea comes around that god our country was blessed by god these people were brought here by god and we are to be a country
1: that's more
0: that fulfills that obligation exactly
1: because of the heritage and everything
0: but it's very very limiting this idea of God.
1: Yes. And patriotism seems to be more founded on the love of nation. Well, about the values and the beliefs, I guess.
0: Well, Yeah, I would agree. <sighs> Timothy Head, who is the executive director of the Faith and Freedom Coalition, says that there's an important lesson here for Christian patriots. We can love our country fight for its future, and defend its integrity. But Christians must never pretend that any single nation can or should replace God's church in the divine plan for salvation. Ultimately, faith is not a political position, but a spiritual reality. Right. And so he sees it, Timothy Head sees... A separation. And I think to a certain degree, in that sermon, Otis Young also emphasizes that there is a distinction between being a citizen of a country versus Mm -hmm. a citizen of the country or the kingdom of God.
1: I don't know how you can separate the two.
0: (laughs) Separate what?
1: (laughs) I just. I don't know. With what's re- recently happened in the Supreme Court's rulings, the football coach who's right. praying on the fifty-yard line, Roe right. v. Wade overturned.
0: Yeah, I saw one that meme. just
1: seems so invasive or in. Well, is it? Is our, it
0: in now our I've stuff? Been, like, <laughs> well, I think it'd be, for example, prayer in schools. Uh huh. If you I- give equal opportunity. For example, if one of those football coaches happened to mm-hmm. be mu- be Muslim, yeah, and he or she prayed in the same way at the same place as the other football coach, yes, I think as if we tolerate that, if we allow that, then I don't know if we're being discriminatory, other than discriminatory against an atheist. Mm. And that's why some Maybe. people have a time of silence. Yeah. But I think freedom is honoring the freedom of other people. Right. And honoring the way in which they choose to live out their spirituality, if that is is individual, as an individual, or if it's belonging to a larger community of religion.
1: How many people actually call tomorrow Independence Day? Most people call it Fourth of July, don't they?
0: I don't know. I don't know the answer to that one.
1: What do you call it?
0: Uh, Fourth of July, because Independence Day takes too long (laughs) (laughs) to say. July 4.
1: (laughs) But really, it is about independence, then. Why aren't we calling it that?
0: Well, independence, yes, agreed. Independence huh. was more on the political side of things, yeah Interesting. and and I think so
1: maybe the language
0: well I, I again, this goes back to what's happening at the Supreme Court, and how our current majority in the court is mm-hmm. looking and interpreting the Constitution, yes. I mean, if you see that
1: conservatively, well,
0: I think, I think they believe that you have to interpret the constitution according to its original meaning. That to me creates a challenge because our Mm -hmm. country has changed a great deal since its founding. We are now far more diverse country with far more variety of religious expressions. And so to go back to a originalist view <laughs> is really going back to a white uh-huh Christian yes monogamous heterosexual yes. Yes. founding. I mean that's the reality and
1: I see a pattern happening here in humanity.
0: <laughs> explain <laughs> Explain. Didn't we
1: do that with the Bible? <laughs>
0: yeah. So what's up with humanity? Well, and I think that's, but again, if you look just like the Supreme Court, many people would say that the Supreme Court is not consistent in their interpretation in the reading of the Constitution, even from an originalist perspective. That's Agreed. the exact same thing that happens with the Bible. Yes, exactly. When it comes to reading the Bible, that's what I'm saying. we are not consistent. <laughs> But we all do it.
1: But we all
0: do it. Now, the the challenge, however, is do we give people the freedom Uh to do that? Yes. And some would say no. no.
1: (laughs) See what I mean?
0: Yeah. And it's hard when, especially when you bring a particular view of God. If you have Mm -hmm. a view of God that sees ultimately, for example, um, David Lawrence says he calls himself an ambivalent patriot.
1: Ambivalent?
0: Ambivalent patriot.
1: (laughs) Really? Yes.
0: (laughs) And patriotism, he says, becomes unchristian. And I think these are very interesting. When it boils down complex reality... Into simplistic bipolar paradigms such as <laughs> us and them, good and evil.
1: We do that all the time.
0: And that's the challenge, he says, <laughs> is that when we do that, mm-hmm. then it's easy to put people in categories. Yeah. And normally it means two cal- two categories, two bipolar. It's either that or that. But yet, and I love what he says, we live in such a complex reality. Agreed. You seem discouraged this morning. I
1: kind of am. Why? Well, I don't feel patriotic anymore.
0: Not enough enough coffee? No. But I mean, think about it, though. The freedom that we have in this country. Yeah. I mean, the freedom we have to do this podcast. Mm -hmm. There's some countries that you couldn't do this at.
1: Well, is that a democracy thing? I'm thinking the UK. Do they still have a state religion? I don't even well, know. Well,
0: in name, yeah, the Church of England, but okay. that, that's in name. So. <laughs> I mean, they. It's it's. I mean, it's a different tradition, right? It's just like the papacy, is. Oh right. You know, the Vatican is its own m- nation.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, and
0: it is more of a—it's probably the closest, in my opinion, to a theocracy.
1: Mm.
0: You know, the God is ultimately in charge of the country and has a representative in the form of a pope to do that.
1: I don't know enough about the other religions to
0: and comment I think,
1: on that, but
0: and I think that's the challenge that we have here in America. Is, and I think it's far more than just Christianity. I think mm-hmm. there is a desire to maintain the norm or what has been the norm for centuries. centuries. Right. And, and as that's what I'm
1: saying, why aren't we more aware of the patterns <laughs> that we're doing throughout well, time?
0: Well, again, the majority of us like to live a particular in the norm. a particular lifestyle, we've become accustomed to that. Our mm. values and principles are often based upon that, and what we're seeing is a shift. Yes, and that shift is scaring a lot of people because it creates the unknown.
1: Exactly, we're sitting in the that area of scariness. Of, yeah.
0: And with it comes a shift of power. Mm. And with power becomes, n- when people, you shift power, new ideas. Yeah. Some of them scary come into play. For example, giving individuals, the for example, the one would be the reaction of many against abortion. Yeah. And right now the other one is tr- the transgender community. Mm-hmm. Many individuals see that as a threat. The
1: marginalized are stepping up finally.
0: And that is... Giving
1: voice to all that.
0: Well, again, many individuals believe that not only that they are the marginalized, but they believe that it is going against the will of God. And when you bring that into play, and especially if you believe that somehow that God blesses a country... Mm -hmm. Presidents, ever since I remember, have ended their speech. It was, and God
1: bless you.
0: Bless America. Oh, bless America. Right. And again, the David Lawrence says the following, tis, following when he says, patriotism is unchristian when oh. it Americanizes the idea of blessing. And he says, implying that Americans are blessed by God simply for being Americans cheapens the biblical concept of blessing and often equates it with material prosperity. So (laughs) (laughs) if we are not doing well as a country financially, if we are not doing well Uh as a country in all these different material ways, (laughs) it's because we are not following God's will. Right. And there are ministers public ministers who espouse this and it resonates with people, and when it does, then how do you get a country back in line with the will of God?
1: The prosperity gospel.
0: And that brings in a lot of Christians involved in politics. Yes. With so what else a is particular un- agenda. Christian.
1: What else is he He say? says,
0: um, it presumes that America is God's new chosen nation and that Americans are God's chosen people. Mm. And again, that goes back to the Old Testament. Test-
1: yeah, I was just thinking that.
0: But he, the, even the, in the Old Testament, some of the prophets,
1: mm-hmm.
0: some of the prophets had a vision, a dream of what... The world would be like
1: inspired by God,
0: inspired by God, they believed. Mm -hmm. And that was a nation where all nations would be a part of it. Now, that wasn't all the prophets. Not everyone agreed with that. Some always saw Israel as being one notch above all the other nations. But there were the prophets also who other prophets who believed that all nations would be equal. Mm -hmm. In the eyes of God, and that God was not just the, the God of Israel, but God was the God of all the world, which yeah. was a revolutionary idea at its it time. Is. yeah. And I think that's one of the things that is missing today is we've lost...
1: Common ground.
0: Yeah, this idea that, for example, again, David Lawrence says, our world is shrinking. As Americans, we are called to be world Christians. Mm. This means not only doing justice beyond our own borders, but viewing the church in global terms. That, according to David Lawrence, Mm -hmm. is what a Christian does, which would go against the idea of Christian nationalism.
1: Wow.
0: He would say Christian globalism.
1: Yeah, right. Huh. What's his name?
0: David Lawrence. He's a journalist as well as he did work in political science. He's an individual that I found, another article that I, in my research, stumbled across. Now I have hope again. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, again, some of the decisions that have been made have, have created... Distress and joy for Christians.
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: I mean, but very the, divisive. Since the seventies, the issue that has kind of been the um, uniting factor for a particular segment of Christianity has been abortion,
2: mm.
0: and there are many individuals who said, "Well." What happens once the dog catches the car and it's clamped, it's clamped its jaws on the bumper. What happens now?
1: Hopefully not the wheel.
0: But again, think about it, that an element of Christianity had been treated in a way that was less than optimal. Mm-hmm. They were seen as being stupid. They were seen as being less than mm-hmm. uninformed, and those individuals kind of regrouped and came back and said, "No." And the one, like I said, abortion was a great way of uniting them and to have a common cause. Yeah, think about progressives—not only politically but religiously—kind of all over the place. Agreed. I mean, you have some <laughs> Christians. You have some progressive Christians that tend to view. Uh, a particular social justice issue as the cause.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: Others another cause.
1: Yeah, we're not united. Well, and that's funny. United States of America, <laughs> really? Okay.
0: Well, again, how how people have responded to abortion, especially Christians, has been
1: unpatriotic.
0: I don't know. That's a great. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I do know that there are probably the extremes that get a lot of the attention because uh-huh. the, the extremes, oh, yes. the extremes are the ones that are entertaining,
1: provoking yeah. an, an emotional response. Exactly. Right.
0: I and mean, I think the majority of Christians are probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I mean, from my reading is
1: 80% of America doesn't.
0: Well, they they want individuals to have freedom of choice when it comes to abortion, but they yeah. don't like the idea that abortion is not limited. So many individuals come down in support of some kind of limitation on when abortion can yeah. occur. And, yeah. and many, for for many, for some time, that has been around 16 weeks. Right. Uh, and so in many ways, the people in the middle are the majority, but mm-hmm. as the temptation often is, is they're the silent majority.
1: Yeah, we're not represented. <laughs> oh. oh. Great.
0: Well, and I think another one, too, is the theology that you hold when it comes to Christianity and how you view God and how you view God's will for humanity and you view the nature of humanity. I mean, if you believe a, the traditional evangelical view Mm -hmm. then you have a mission. You have a purpose. Yes. And that purpose is beyond you. You are a part of a movement, and that is to prepare people for the coming of Jesus, for their salvation.
1: Because that's safe and...
0: Well, no, it gives you a... Think about it. it. It gives you a sense of purpose of why you are living your life.
1: Right. Living in the gray isn't fun.
0: Well, on the other side, So let's though,
1: make a blanket statement. Well,
0: but be careful because on the other side, you have people on the left, Christians on the left, yeah, who would say that our focus, our mission is social justice, is bringing about justice in our world. But it's justice as they perceive it, and mm-hmm. they have no problem being, bringing God into it. Right, and they'll tell you this is what God sees as being just. So I think that we have to be careful in this bipolar, and that's again what David Lawrence uh-huh. talks about: is this bipolar and saying then that you are a patriotic Christian if you land on one side or if you land on the other side. But if the majority of us are in the middle, right? I think that is yeah. encouraging. Oh, for sure.
1: So why aren't we rolling the roost? <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> but why rule?
1: That was a, that I didn't really mean that. Well, but you know I, what I mean?
0: Yes, I do. But I think that's the challenge <laughs> is when we talk about liberty, when we talk about freedom, uh-huh. that means allowing and being willing to stand up to make sure that people are free even if you disagree with them. And that's hard. That's
2: hard. hard.
0: Yes. Because I can argue many different directions on that one. Because what do you do? Do you give someone the freedom mm-hmm. to take away the freedom of someone else?
1: Right. Right.
0: So are there limitations to this? Is yes. there limitations to freedom? Yes. And if there are, then who gets to determine what those are? I. I th-
1: yeah. That's what I'm saying.
0: See, that's the advantage of being ignorant. Oh. When you're ignorant, you know the questions. Because <laughs> you know. Yes. Now, yes. now, wisdom comes in when you know you don't know. Uh-huh. And then you want to ask the questions.
1: But do you want to be a sage or do you want to be <laughs>
0: A
2: rube. <laughs> I don't know what else to call
0: it. All I know is, I in this particular area, I love listening to diverse ideas mm-hmm. and getting those aha moments. And that's one yeah. of the one of the things I really enjoy about my job. Mm. Um, during the week, I spend a great deal of time reading uh, to prep. And which means I'm exposed a
1: lot of time
0: exposing my myself to other people's ideas. And then Uh then we have on on Sundays, we have an opportunity here. We have an opportunity after a little little later on Sunday mornings to have a group that gets Mm -hmm. to gets to talk. And and again, a wide diverse ideas. And I agree. I think that again is what maybe it means to be experienced liberty and mm-hmm. I can be patriotic when it comes to supporting that <laughs> I can I can support that Would but you I like a flag um <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's a loaded question isn't it no that's a loaded question uh-huh um like i said right now i am personally struggling with where some of the recent decisions in the direction that are some people would like our country to move that it does discourage me yeah um but ultimately i have to keep a sense of of hope yeah because without that i mean you might as well pack up and move to another country. And Go ev-
1: visit her.
0: And eventually... Go visit her. Yes. It's
1: very hopeful.
0: And eventually... Yes, because of what that stands for. Yeah. And ultimately, that's what I can get behind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having joined us and been a part of this. One of the things... you You actually could do us a favor. You can help us. If you believe in what's happening here, where we can have civil and yet provocative discussions, then I would encourage you to share this with someone else, and perhaps it may be a way that you can start a discussion with other people on these topics, a way of learning about other people and their views, the ability to understand what it means to be a Christian, and perhaps to be a patriot. Thank you again for being a part of this. If you would like, we have added a meditation. It'll immediately follow afterwards. Uh, This is an opportunity for you to, to shift, take these ideas that we've been exploring and kind of ruminate on them for yourself. And one of the ways we do that is through meditation. So again, if you would like to please stay on and you can listen to that otherwise, enjoy your weekend and no matter what you do stay safe especially with fireworks take care bye
2: Breathing as is, simply become familiar with the breath as a way to become familiar with all of who you are at this moment in this day. Wherever you find yourself, sitting or standing, feel the weight of your body through your seat or your feet on the floor. Straighten your upper body as if a balloon is pulling your head to the sky. Lower your shoulders. Soften your gaze and try to gently fixate on a point on the ground in front of you. Connect to the natural cycle of your breath. Feeling the rise and fall of your belly. Tune into your breath as if it's a wave of an ocean or the movement of a fan. Sensing each breath as a unique act or rotation. Feel the rise and fall of your belly. And when your mind wanders as it will, return to the physical sensation of your breath.